Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Wednesday evening for those who cannot be with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ on Wednesday evenings for midweek Bible classes. We know that there are people even in the Omaha area who are not able to be with us during the time that we meet on Wednesday evenings for one reason or another, maybe busy schedules, maybe work schedules, maybe physical or health handicaps of one kind or another. But we know also that there are people who listen across the country and literally around the world, and we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We know there are many people who want to study God's Word. They want to hear God's Word being taught. They want to grow in their faith. And faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we're thankful to have the opportunity to be able to help people along these lines. Again, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, or other technological means, and help people grow in their faith, people you know in your life. Help someone, perhaps, even get to heaven. So make that commitment and start sharing today. Now, also, go to our website. Tell everybody else to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click in the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. When they do that, and it's free, it always will be free, they will receive Wednesday night Bible class, Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons. And they'll also receive a Monday through Friday radio program we call Search the Scriptures, and a daily short Bible study every single day, today's Bible class. That's only about 13 minutes each day. All of that will automatically go to their smart device, their, their phone, their computer, whichever device they choose. And again, it will always be free. So tell everybody you can churchofchrist.com. We're going to continue on our study in the gospel account according to John. And we're taking a little time going through this first chapter. It introduces the the whole book, and it's important because it gives us some really profound, really important information. For example, the first five verses tells us that Christ, God the Son, is as eternal as is God the Father and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Also, it tells us that Christ was right there in the creation process as God was creating the world and everything that we see upon this earth, and as well as the universe all around us. Christ was there. He is eternal. He is not a creation, one of the creations by God, he is, and the text brings it out, right there as taking part in the creation himself. Well, that's important. We also noted that in those first five verses and some verses that follow, that he brought the opportunity for eternal life to mankind, forgiveness, salvation, redemption through him as our Savior. He is our Savior. Now, we started to emphasize a point in verses 14 through 18 that John, and a lot of people call him John the Baptist, that's really is something of a misnomer. John the baptizer would be more accurate probably, or even more accurate would be John the immerser. 
as the word baptize in the Greek, uh, baptizo, it does not have the equivalent baptize or did not originally in the English language. That was a transliteration of the Greek characters into equivalent English characters, but it was not an accurate translation. Immerse would be the more accurate accurate translation of baptizo or plunge or dip or submerge or bury. Now, John the cousin of Jesus, John the Immerser, was sent by God, chosen by God, and sent by God to go and prepare the way for the coming Savior. Now, he began his public ministry sometime before Jesus began his public ministry, and he kind of paved the way, buffered the ground, so to speak, you know, kind of tilled the soil for Jesus to come and bring the ultimate message of forgiveness and salvation through him that God sent him to bring to mankind. Now, we boil that down in a one-word description or identity. We call it the gospel. Well, uh, John, though, and, and there is a lot of people, apparently, especially in, in a great one big denomination, that believe that John established the church on this earth. And that is absolutely false. There is no support in Scripture for that whatsoever. That was not his purpose in being sent by God to teach the coming Christ. That was not his mission. That was not something that he even sought to accomplish. John, the cousin of Jesus, John the Immerser, John did not establish any church whatsoever upon this earth. Now, we're going to pick up with verse 19, and that's going to become even more apparent because John's going to to deny that identity for himself. Beginning with verse 19 of John chapter 1, now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, notice this, I am not the Christ, the Christ being the Savior, the Messiah, prophesied in Old Testament scripture. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Now, what prophet was, were they talking about there when they asked him, are you the prophet? Well, we go back to Deuteronomy chapter 18. We look at verse 15, and here we find Moses as he was preparing the Israelites to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. Moses would not be allowed by God to make that trek himself because God was withholding that particular blessing from him because of sin that he had committed in the wilderness on a particular occasion when he and Aaron, his brother, took glory for themselves instead of giving it to God. And so God, he, he put, brought judgment upon them saying, you will not be allowed into the promised land yourself. Now Moses, you know, Aaron actually died in the wilderness. Moses was allowed by God to lead the people all the way to the Jordan River, the eastern bank, and prepare them for crossing over into the promised land and to take possession of it themselves. But 
God would not allow Moses to cross that river himself. He would not allow Moses to actually enter into the promised land. He did allow him to go up on a height and look into the land and see its blessings, its beauty, its nature to a great extent, but he was not allowed to cross over himself. And God actually took him and buried him himself someplace where even the Israelite people never knew. Well, so Moses is on that eastern bank. He's preparing the Israelites. He's giving them further instructions. He's giving them some repeated instructions. He's reminding them of where they came from and that journey through the wilderness and, and so on. In, ver- in chapter 18 and verse 15 of Deuteronomy, Moses says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. Now, if we were left only with that particular statement, we might wonder, we might scratch our heads and say, well, who was that prophet that God was prophesying through Moses to be sending into the world at some future time? And that, Mo- that, that prophet, God tells Moses, will be like you. In other words, be like Moses. Well, Moses was a great leader of the Israelite people. When we look in Acts chapter 2, I'm I'm sorry, chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, and we look at at, uh, beginning with verse, well, verse um, 20 in Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching to a multitude of people, a man who had been born lame, God through Peter and John, had healed miraculously, and he was able to walk. But not just walk, he was able to leap. And he was praising God. A crowd gathered, and Peter and John took that as an opportunity to preach the gospel of Christ to them. And so in verse 20, Peter is speaking, and he says, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until now of re- I'm sorry whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began so here's the obvious understanding that Christ is the focus of what Peter is saying here. And then he goes on in the very next verse, and he says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from before your, uh, from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Well... Christ is the fulfillment. Jesus the Christ is the fulfillment of that prophecy by God through Moses, going all the way back to Deuteronomy 18 and verse 15. Christ came into this world as the fulfillment of that prophecy. He was that prophet. Interesting. Well, again, the Bible supports itself totally. It is its own best commentary. So we come back to John, and again, beginning with verse 19, this is the testimony of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? 
He confessed and did not, did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So he could not be that prophet that was prophesied by God through Moses that God would send at some future time into this world. They asked him then, are you Elijah? He said, I am not. He was not the prophet Elijah. Are you the, are you the prophet? The prophet that Moses voiced to the people by God's instruction. A prophet who would be like Moses. And he said, John answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you then? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He, that is John, said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And that's a prophecy from Isaiah 40 and verse 3. In fact, that's a quote. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And that was prophesied by Isaiah. And of course, Isaiah was simply writing God's very word. So he was writing down God's prophecy that ultimately this man, Isaiah did not know who that man would be at that time. That was many hundreds of years before John was born into this world. But John was the fulfillment of that prophecy. John, the cousin of Jesus. And so he came and God sent him on a mission to prepare the way for the Lord, make straight the way of the Lord. So he was teaching. He went about teaching. The Christ is coming. That prophet whom Moses voiced to the people by God's instruction, he's coming. He's coming after me. Verse 24, now those who were sent from the Pharisees, those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ? In other words, the Messiah, the Savior, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. John answered, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you. Jesus already had been born physically into this world. At the time, John is being questioned by these uh, Pharisees. He, Jesus is already, from our perspective, full grown, and he is about ready to start his particular ministry upon this earth. So John says, uh, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. He has not gone out yet. In other words, it is he who coming after me is preferred before me. Well, that's interesting. And John is very direct in that particular identity of the coming Savior. He is preferred before me. In other words, he ranks higher than I. So it is he coming after me who is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Now, John, he does not mince words, and he doesn't beat around the bush, and he's not, you know, speaking in insinuations or kind of beneath-the-surface words that could be interpreted in some other way. He's very direct. I am not, 
Elijah. I am not the prophet God prophesied through Moses, who would be coming later. I am not the Christ, he says. And the one who is coming after me, I've been preparing the way for him. I've been telling people he's coming, and I'm not worthy to loose the the strap on his sandal. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me. These things were done in uh, Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Now, John was baptizing, but it would not be the Great Commission baptism that Jesus instructed in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, and Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, where Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, told the apostles, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's the Great Commission baptism. John was baptizing with water, but he was baptizing unto repentance. Jesus instructed baptism unto salvation, unto salvation, and in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John was baptizing a different baptism that was preparing the way for the coming Lord, the coming Savior. Now, verse 29 The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was identifying Jesus as the Christ. John said, I'm not the Christ. I'm not that Savior God was going to, or that prophet God was going to send in the likeness of Moses. Behold, the Lamb of God. He says that of Jesus, who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, he is the Savior. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was, he was before me. Now, that's also an interesting statement of identity as to Jesus and also as to John. John was born physically several months before Jesus was born physically in human form. Now, Jesus, of course, going back to verses 1 through 5, fully eternal, just as eternal as is God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus always was. But physically, John was born several months before Jesus was born physically, entered into this world in human form. But John openly confesses Jesus as having been before him because, of course, Jesus is eternal. He came in human form as a human being so that he could go to the cross as the perfect sacrifice to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. John 3 and verse 16, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but Jesus is eternal. The Christ, God the Son, always was and is now and always will be, just as is God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So John openly and very directly, without any mistake, says, Jesus, 
verse 29, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came as the Savior. He is our Savior. And verse 30, John goes on and says, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. John openly confesses that Jesus, though in human form, having been born several months after John, in his true state, his spiritual being, is eternal, and therefore before John. John says, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. Now, again, John is referring here to his baptizing Jesus. And when Jesus came to John to be baptized, John said, I need for you to baptize me. But Jesus said, this is what needs to be done to fulfill my Father's will. And Jesus gave us a great example as to the importance of being baptized ourselves. So John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. And at that time, when John baptized Jesus, immersed him in the water, that's what the word baptize means, immerse. It does not mean sprinkle. It does not mean pour. It does not mean rub some water on somebody's forehead. It means immerse, bury, dip, plunge, submerge, go all the way under the water. And when John baptized Jesus and Jesus came up out of the water, the Spirit of God in the form of a dove descended upon him and, and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's what John is referring to here. That particular uh, event that John was there and witnessed and took part in. So John says, verse 32, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me, and that would be God, to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. John could not baptize with the Holy Spirit, but Jesus could. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God, John says. So he openly and emphatically and without any mistake identified Jesus the man, as the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, God, the Son, one in the same. He identified openly that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the coming Savior, and also the fulfillment of God sending another prophet like Moses into the world. All of those Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah, the Savior, Jesus fulfilled every single one of those prophecies, every one of them, and in specific detail. 
So John, in this declaration of identifying Jesus as the Savior, as the Messiah, as the one that John was sent to prepare the way for, John takes a step back. He says, I'm not the one. He is the one, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's exactly what Jesus did on that cross. The Apostle Paul describes him in just incredible language. In Second Peter, I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, when he talks about how God laid upon Jesus as he hung on that cross the sins of all mankind. He became sin for us. Jesus knew no sin. He was absolutely perfect, absolutely pure, even as he lived in physical form upon this earth. But he became sin for us. God laid upon him all of the sins of all mankind, and that includes yours and mine, for all time until he comes again. John did not establish the Christian church. John did not establish, and I'm talking about John, the cousin of Jesus, John did not establish any church upon this earth. Jesus came to establish his church and his church alone. We'll continue a little bit further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us your word to guide us in your truth Help us to read it and study it, believe it, accept it, and apply it to our lives properly. Thank you for sending Jesus as the Christ, the Savior of all mankind, to bear the guilt of our sins. Please, Father, guide us to take advantage of that as we come to him in repentance and obedience, being baptized for the remission of our sins. Thank you, Father. Praise, glory, honor, and thanks be to you. And please do forgive us always as we come to you properly for forgiveness in repentance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.